Welcome to episode three of Hookers and Horses, Stories of a Prairie Family. We had promised that today's guest speaker, Bill Mahone, would be sharing the origins of our title, Hookers and Horses. Due to some technical difficulties, we are unable to feature Bill at this time, and we are doing our best to bring that episode to you as soon as possible. So welcome to our podcast with your hosts, Dana, that's me, my sister, Tracy, and my cousin, Ellie. Our hope is that with each podcast, y'all will find us as funny as we think we are. Give us a chance because we get funnier by the moment and that we might bring you some joy, entertainment and ridiculousness into your lives during this time of isolation. So without further ado, here we go. Instead, I want to talk about the mama bear instinct and how some people just just straight up don't have it. So I feel like. Tracy can relate to this with her kids. Dana, you can relate to this with the book. Cause I remember you saying that it was like having a baby, right. <laughs> but like you are very protective instinctually of your child. And like, for me, that started when I was pregnant, like we almost got in a car accident and I instinctively held onto my belly. And then like, you know, the first day that Joey was home with me, I was trying to put him into his car seat and I dipsy doodled and I fell over onto my back like a turtle. And instead of stopping my fall, I wrapped my arms around the baby. So, you know, I feel like it's inherent in all of us, except for my mom. <laughs> <laughs> and I should also say, she knows I'm telling these stories. But <laughs> the first one that Dana had not heard yet, and I think Tracy has definitely heard this over a glass of wine. But we realize that my mom lacks this instinct. Maybe it's because I'm the second child. Maybe Lauren had a much different experience growing up than I did. But my mother dropped me off the roof of the car. She tell us when more, I told her I was, when I told her that I was going to tell this story, she tried to correct me. She said something along the lines of, "Well, no, it was the trunk." I'm like, "Well, that's not much better." <laughs> Well, it's lower. lower. It's lower, but like not by much. (laughs) She also would like the world to know that I was in my car seat. But here's like, so look, accidents happen. We've all dropped a cup of coffee off the roof of our car while trying to put someone else in the car. I am similar to the cup of coffee in this instance. The thing that I don't understand and my mom says that this makes perfect sense, is she didn't check to see if I was okay right away. She said there was a blanket over top of me and she waited to hear me cry because she was too scared to look. Oh my God. <laughs> is this, so for instinct, for this is for real. So the instinct to like run to your baby was lost on Susan T. She waited. And my dad said that this is the moment that he considered leaving her. Oh, jeez. They're happily married still. But I feel like, like, so Joey and I, I took Joey out, you know, like one of the first days that he was home and the, and the stroller sort of collapsed in on itself and Joey was totally fine. And I quickly jumped to it because I am a mom. And I was like, I'm so scared to tell Evan this story because of how my dad reacted to me falling off the roof of the car. But again, I didn't drop Joey off the roof of the car. So that's like, this is oh, like wait, setting oh, the stage. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, okay. I was going to say, okay. No, no. Like I was fine. Like take, take my current personality and quirks as like, maybe it's because I fell off the roof of a car. <laughs> I don't know. 
but so but like this is sort of like a trend that has continued with susan so like she i mean you could just take this as she's not quick to react to things like she's not one to like jump the gun with panicking so like once i called her from toronto and i said my eye is burning and i think it's going to come out and she said no no no, just sleep on it stop complaining <laughs> and i went to the hospital and they said oh my god if you'd slept on it we would have had to remove your eye <laughs> i had an ulcer hold on I'm... okay so ellie so i have a question so yeah. are you saying that what happened is you were on the car roof in your car seat first of all how how old were you how many months are we talking this I do not know. I have to okay. say under a year. Okay. So you're on the car, in the car seat, on the car, Lauren's crying, Susan's trying to address her, and somehow you, like, slid off onto the trunk. Doodle. Maybe you slid off onto the trunk and then onto the ground, and that's why she thinks that it was, like, just the trunk or whatever. But <laughs> is that the gist of the story? Let's give Mama, like, the benefit of the doubt and say that she rested the car seat on the trunk, which now... Also, like, as I'm replaying that, that makes literally no sense. Because <laughs> when I get, like, I just put Joey on the ground. I don't know why she thought it was a good idea to balance me on the car. Either way, I just dipsy doodled off. Right. She waited at least a minute, which I feel like as a mom, when your baby falls off a car is too long. That's a long, long, long time. Like, it's a she long Terrified. Minute. Sure. Yeah. What kind of car was she driving then? Do we even remember? Because I only recall her driving like vans it was, no, and SUVs. It was like, like, what was she driving? She had like a... Oh. I was going to say she had that <laughs> burgundy colored like uh -huh. Buick. But that's, Ellie, that's like when she was like 18. Like 18. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but there's one that my dad said. There's one that they, my dad said that when they took like the floor mat off. And like underneath the driver's seat, you could just put your feet straight down like Fred Flintstone. Oh, yeah. it was a Flintstone car. Outstanding. Maybe it was that one. Hilarious. Okay, just out of curiosity. Okay. So okay, okay, so on the note of of babies and falling and like potentially having <laughs> head injury, as you were like saying, like, so here, get this. So I'm like, um, I'm gonna go with I'm definitely about uh, between eight and ten is my guess, somewhere in there. We were in our first house, okay. So we were in the maples. And okay. which for people listening is a neighborhood in Winnipeg, which was like the best neighborhood to grow up in legit. Like it was awesome. I'm so glad I grew up there. Not in like garden city. Cause garden city was where all the like richer of the poor kids lived in the North end. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, we were, it's like a very humble neighborhood and I loved the maples anyway. So we're, we're in our first house and we're in the driveway. We had one of those pop-up trailers, right? This is when we were like starting to be like, you know, like dad, obviously, I don't know where the money came from to buy this trailer, but we were like, obviously rolling in some kind of cash. Oh, we were flush then. We're flush. We were flush, clearly, because so, we bought a pop-up trailer. Pop-up trailer. Everybody just, so, just, okay. It's, okay. I mean, it sleeps six people, two people on each side, and then the kitchen table goes down, right? Which is irrelevant. But anyway, so it's popped up in our driveway. I think we were just airing it out or something. Like we'd either gone camping or we were about to go camping or whatever. I'm standing in the doorway of the trailer, which is like a couple steps up. And then um, like it's not a really high doorway, right? And it's, you know, you have no. to crank it. Okay. It's a full-size door, though, when it was actually open to yeah. the top. Like yeah. it was like a six feet high. Okay. Whatever. So you have to crank it to get it up. 
right, Ellie? Like you turn a crank and that's how it (laughs) raises. And then crank it to come down. Is that wrong? I'm picturing the submarine. Is that wrong? (laughs) That's wrong. Very wrong. It's, um... Well, this, and here, this is, this is awesome. Cause this is like showing the generational, even though we're like the differences of like anyone in our generation, you say pop a trailer, we have like an immediate image. Right. But because we're in like, I'm so much older than you. And I say that meaning like I'm old, like, so pop up trailer is like canvas. It's like, it's, it's, it's a base. It's a trailer on wheels. And then like the, you turn a crank and the, the top of it pops up. You, you'll Google it and you'll get a good image. I will Google hold on a second. Let me just hold on. Let me just say, like, when it's closed and when you're when you're when you're pulling it to your campsite, it looks like a box on wheels. It looks yeah. like a rectangle on wheels. And then you open it up, and the top goes up, and the two sides come out, and they look like two triangles on each side, which is where the beds were. And then in the center, there was like a fridge. Yes, stove. most people know what a pop-up trailer is. We don't have to okay, go into no, that much detail. Not true. But- Millennials have no idea what this is, but we'll all Google it, so it's fine. Okay. 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 Anywho, so I'm standing in the doorway of the trailer and it's up, it's in full engagement, right? Like lifted, lifted, all set up. Dad's going to crank it to turn it down. And all of a sudden, like some kind of um, like mechanical, well, it's not mechanical because it was manual, but some kind of like something happened with the lever, with the crank and the whole trailer dropped and I'm standing in the doorway. So the, the, the only t- like, how do I describe it other than like, that's the only place where there was space was between my head and the top of it and the top of it came down. So it and crashed, it's hard. It cra- like the whole trailer top crashed on my head. Oh my so, anyways, miraculous- and it's metal. like it's a, it's a hard top. It's not yeah. canvas. Yeah. 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 And so, um, the, the, for some miraculous reason, I didn't like get knocked out. I didn't fall backwards. I didn't like go unconscious, like nothing. I just like, I just remember getting hit really hard and then like obviously wailing. And then at some point, like, I think dad, I don't know how bad, I mean, obviously he felt terrible. So anyway, we go inside, I guess I walked like, and in, and in that house, there were like 25 stairs to get up to our front doorway. So I'm like, I'm like probably hobbling up the stairs. I don't even know what happened. And then our neighbor, um, our neighbor, uh, one of our good friends, Hensel. So Jack Hensel, was assessing whether I had a concussion. And if Pam is listening to this, so Jack's no longer alive. So she'll, she, maybe she'll remember this, but he was deciding if I needed to go to the doctor and he was giving, holding up fingers saying how many fingers are showing. And he would like flip um, between two and five and four and one. And I was like guessing the number of fingers to, to make sure that I didn't have a concussion. Like this was the med- not a medical professional no, of any kind. No, I know I'm saying it was <laughs> our neighbor doing like the assessment and that's how we deemed that I was like, okay. And wait, no, no, I have questions. Yeah. Why did you go to him if he wasn't a medical? Why is this person no, involved no. in the story? Well, no, he was, he was our neighbor. Like we were really good friends with them. So they were over, they were probably over in the driveway at the time of the incident. And so he was like, as, as a, as like a parent in on the scene he was probably like no one's no one ever said he was me- uh, medical like it's that it's not like we were trying to replace medical with him it was more just like he was like a dad of the friend of me and he was like okay let's like see if she's like unconscious like nobody knew what to do and so no, like my neighbor my neighbor is a 105 year old nona named maria and if i hit joey on the head i wouldn't take him to her for anything more than like a cookie i wouldn't ask her to assess my concussion i find this whole i find 
like this the weirdest part of the story it wasn't no it was just because asked him to it was that he was there and okay but anyway but anyway so the point is we're just trying to say that we there was not a lot of um you know the same type of hysteria possibly that would incur now if somebody was hit on the head with a trailer (laughs) it was a much more lax situation i think there at the time maybe because like i didn't faint like not faint but like get knocked out or show any signs but like of course of course nowadays they say like if you've had a head injury that it could be like within 24 hours you should go get a check because your brain could swell it's not like i hit my head on the concrete i guess it was like a different material and so maybe there was like more bounce i don't know but (laughs) there was bounce off your head i mean i don't know maybe hitting your head on concrete is different which sorry did i want to dominate this podcast but i just have to say one more thing about speaking of hitting heads jeff so ellie we were in tracy's house oh dear we were so i'm just segueing actually from my incident and yeah so uh, who knows if i had uh residual brain injury or problems from that I don't know but so we were in Tracy's first house and Nathan is like six months old probably he's one I don't know I don't think the age is 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 that relevant but Jeff is in a doorway like throwing him up throwing him up throwing like tossing him up in the air and catching him tossing him up in the air and catch he's just two three times he and I'm in the other room and I hear the sound of the skull like cracking on the door frame and I'm like and then the silence because Nathan's having the best time. He's giggling. Everybody's like, hoo, hoo, hoo. And then all of a sudden, you literally hear, like, smack in the, in the, in the worst possible way. And then silence. And then hysterical crying. And then we're like, oh, God. He smacked his head on the door frame, top of the door frame. And Jeff... Um, like Jeff needed more consoling than anyone else. I think in that scenario, I think it was like, he, you couldn't talk to him. You couldn't look at him. He was like, no, beside himself. He's like, I almost killed my kid. He like, for, I think for like literally two days, inconsolable. Nathan was fine. A hundred percent. Nathan was fine. We were all fine. You couldn't talk to Jeff for two days. Sweet mother of God. Yeah. But on the same thing, just with Nathan and doing those things, and then Ellie will go back to you and your mama bear stories. Um, when Nathan was like maybe a year, year and a half, or probably about a year and a half, he was running through the house, like just running. Like he used to run from the kitchen to the living room, dining room, like in circles, like he's just do laps. And at one point he's running, 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 and he misses the doorway and he like <laughs> smacks right into the doorway. And he goes head first. And I was like, oh, mother of God, that's it. We're dead. I'm finished. And he, I pull him away and like, he's already got like a massive, like goose egg on his forehead. And I was like, oh, oh my God. what? Are so what does any normal, clearly person do at that time with a first child? They call 911 because that's what you oh do. Oh my God. So I call 911 and I'm like, oh my God. And he had a head injury and then they're like, okay, we'll send, we'll send paramedics. Oh my God. You know, we're, we're sent- <laughs> so, so they take like, I, they say, no, I said, no, no, he's like, he's, he's conscious and everything they said okay fine so it takes like let's say 15 minutes for them to get there because i think they deem that it's probably not you know emergency emergency by the time they get there nathan's sitting on the couch like with a snack (laughs) and the paramedics walk in and they look at me and they're like can we just assume this is your first child oh my god yeah they're like okay we're just gonna do we'll do a little assessment of him but pretty sure he looks fine because he's watching dora 
he has a snack. <laughs> so we're all good. And then they walked away. I was like, oh my God, the embarrassment level. Just to say Jonah has done millions of other things never called 911 because I learned my lesson with the 911. So this is what I'm saying because I'm the second child you can just like throw me off a car or like ignore my emergencies or you know I had one (laughs) I have another one (laughs) but but Dana was about to say something I think no I was gonna say like Tracy like you said that you learned your lesson because I was like meanwhile they like sent triage to your house so yeah that was it was yeah I was a little bit scarred after that because they just kind of looked at me like, oh, you poor thing. Right. You're so new to this situation. Right. He's got so many years left of being in the emergency room and broken bones. And you called us for this? Right. Like their look of sympathy was just, was. I was like, I'm scarred for life. Sorry, Elf, go ahead. I did. No, no, I was just like, my brain is like the wheels are turning. Like the more you guys talk, the more I think about like my mom and her medical advice. Cause like I was flabbergasted that you went to the neighbor for medical advice, but like, I still go to my mom for medical advice. Like Joey had the flu and my mom was like, well, you know, like the best thing you could do is make sure he eats solids. And I was like, no, (laughs) the doctor said to make sure he eats fluids. And she goes, ah, yes. So give him fruit because the fruit has juice and that's like a liquid. I'm like, no, that'll give him like diarrhea. <laughs> so, so like the, like mommy medical advice. Um, so my last, my last tale of Susie Q, we were in Mexico and I was like fairly certain that I had food poisoning and we were in like my sisters and I were in one room and then next door was my parents and I didn't want like I was sharing a bed with Shira so I was like I don't have food poisoning in the same bed as my sister so I knock on my parents door and I'm like mom mom like I think I have food poisoning and mom goes you don't like leave me alone I'm like no please please like let me stay here let me be with you she goes fine you can come in so they had a little sofa. So I sat on the sofa and I guess I was moaning or crying or something. She goes, you are way too loud. You need to get out of our room right now. <laughs> so she kicks me out. She, I was annoying her too much. She kicks us out, me out. I go into my room where I am then sick for the entire night. Like Oy. details are not required, but like at one point... I was lying on a pile of dirty clothes because my sisters and I were leaving our clothes in a pile because we were gross. And I was lying there and Shira comes up and she looks down at me. She goes, Betty, what you doing? And I go, Shira, please. I'm dying. I pick up you. Get me a pillow. And she goes, nope. <laughs> and like walks away. <laughs> so I am sick. I am on the floor covered in our dirty clothes. I finally, like the night is over. Everything has stopped what was happening. I climb into bed. My mom comes in and she goes, she starts stroking my sweaty head. And she's like, oh, baby. Okay. Well, you know what? I guess you were a little sick. I'm like, yeah, I know. Mama. <laughs> I know. And she goes, so I'm going to call the, the maids to come in and clean the bathroom. And, you know, you need to take a shower because you smell real bad. <laughs> so i sure and then she goes is there anything i can get for you i'm like maybe some, some water some bread 
just like sustenance. She goes, okay. She goes, I will bring that to you. Eight hours later, she returns <laughs> with no bread and no water. She says, hey, check on you. I said, mommy, where have you been? She goes, oh my God, I went to the beach. I read my book. I had a cocktail. Did you need something? <laughs> Those are my like three stories of Susan leaving me to die. That's <laughs> the thing is about Susan is like all I have ever known of her is like she's like your mama bear, like all of you. Like she's like the go-to mom. She's like the one who helps. She's the one who rescues. She's the one who flies across the country to see her kid in two seconds. So like all these stories are hilarious to me because a I've never heard them, and b it's just like so not in alignment with what I know of her as mom. Like it's shocking. She's the best mom. I feel well, like I mommy. No, like I feel like I should I should clarify because she's maybe furious by now. Best mommy, like she comes for like a month at a time to be with Joey and me, and she has moved me seventeen different times. And you know, we, when I come to town, we cuddle every night and watch SVU. But when it comes to death and dying and illness, mm. she's like self. <laughs> I don't care. Okay, okay. Lauren would be Lauren. Sure Lauren would be so upset if I don't tell this final you're on your own story. It's, I think it's back to, it's another trip. It was Vegas. <laughs> and Lauren got sick as well. So Lauren was sick. I think she was vomiting all night. Sheer was starting to come down with whatever she had. Turns out it was the flu. Um, and Lauren is like, I can't fly. I can't fly. I, like she was miserable. She was absolutely miserable. Like when Lauren gets sick, like her face pops, like she's so forcefully ill that her face pops. And we're sitting in the airport and mom's like holding her by the shoulders going like, you get it together. You get it together right now. <laughs> That's hilarious. And then just because like, we can't just, just poop on my mom because after that, we all get back to Winnipeg. I now have picked up the flu. It's three in the morning. I'm about to, I'm flying back to Toronto like that morning. And I go upstairs and I see my dad and I go, daddy, I'm next. And he just says, Good luck. Walks away. Oh my God. <laughs> so that wraps up episode three of Hookers and Horses Stories of a Prairie Family. Be sure to tune into our next episode, Metal Scraps. And be sure to text in any comments or questions or your wish to be a guest. For Hookers and Horses, peace out.